Hey guys, this is Matt from Dinosaur Pileup, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host Jason, along with Chris. Yo, and another week in Blues hockey is done, and through Game Seven, and I think that's finally where we finally see the first complete game the Blues have played all season. So I would say so. It was a uh, a long way to get there, but they finally put a game together that looked like what we were expecting this team to look like. I think a lot of comments this week from Blues fans, and I think even Blues players, it seemed like uh, that uh, enough is enough, and it's time for the team to kind of strap up and uh, play uh, play a hundred, uh, play a you know, what two hundred foot game, sixty minute, you know, sixty minute effort, whatever you know, the usual talking points for the St. Louis Blues uh, that we've heard throughout the years. You know, what we um, didn't hear. Thank God, was take your foot off the gas. Yeah, I, I would have flown to Montreal to hurt someone. Yeah, so Montreal being hopefully the bottom point already for the year. Let's hope that's the bottom point. Everything's on the way up from here. I can't um, imagine anything being worse than that game. Uh, yeah, it, it was a game where – I know it's early. It's early, which is sad. So uh, we'll talk about those two games. Uh, not too many roster moves, but some interesting healthy scratches this week for the Blues, uh, especially during the Toronto game. Uh, interesting lines for the Toronto game, but they seem to kind of work. Um, I was surprised that one move, and we'll talk about it during the game. And we'll uh, look forward to what's coming up uh, in the future for the podcast, uh, the couple of weeks for the podcast. We've got some good stuff lined up for you, and we'll give you some a little preview of that. So <clears throat> not too much Blues news this week. No more really transactions going up and down. No signings, trades, or uh, you know minor league moves. Uh, pretty much the Blues uh, kind of went with what they had, it seems like. So uh, Montreal game comes up. Uh, homecoming for uh, David Perron, like always. Uh, and favorite David Perron. And favorite David Perron, thank you. God, I need to remember that. So the other thing that the Montreal kind of expected not to do well this year, kind of uh, be a dumpster fire, but they're going to this game, they're 3-1-1. One, and one. So uh, surprising everybody with their speed and uh, – you know, let's go with youthful exuberance, maybe. Uh, yeah. Carey Price. They do have Carey Price, so that's always the X factor when he's, he's healthy. World's most expensive goalie. Yeah, for right now. Uh, side note, I just saw this the other day when people were talking about Sergei Bobrovsky possibly being available for the Blues to pick up in case something happened with Allen or whatever. In the offseason, supposedly he's looking for Carey Price money. Nope. Yeah, so that's not going to happen. So, uh, interesting uh, there. So, anyway. Into the Montreal game, and you're maybe that's maybe this. I had the same thinking where I'm like, all right, this should be a cakewalk. Maybe the team had that too because they looked like garbage. Well, uh, I think you you had a situation where the Blues had been on a winning streak against Montreal. They had won six straight, I believe, was the number. Yes, or maybe it was either six straight overall or six straight in Montreal. Either way, uh, a lot of success against this Canadians team, who in recent years has not been very good. Um, the problem is the Blues themselves right now are not very good. Um, I think they were looking at this as maybe kind of a, 
a hockey version of chicken soup to get themselves right and, and get out of this funk. And um, as we'll get into, that didn't quite work out that way. No. Um, and our uh, what's our favorite line when to start a game when uh, somebody scores early? Right. Blues hockey brought to you by Bud Light. And Montreal scores. Uh, so 39 seconds in, Max Domi gets his first of the year, his first with the Montreal Canadiens from Lekkonen and Riley at the 39-second mark. So, And it was uh, a weak goal. A weak goal, a bad play by Jay Bomeister, who pinched up along the boards, and basically a puck gets right by him, and Max Domi, eh, I would say maybe a two-on-one, but they were back, the forward was back-checking on him, and it was a backhand shot, and I guess it just fooled uh, Jake Allen here, and it goes uh, one nothing. Montreal, 39 seconds in. Didn't even turn the game on. I, got the, I saw the text from you, and I was like, oh, Great. And that was the text was Usaki brought to you by Bud Light. So I knew it wasn't good. So No, it wasn't. It was not a uh, – especially coming off the last game, you wanted this team to have some fire. And um, this is not the way you wanted to start this game. Yeah, coming off the loss to Anaheim, you wanted to uh, – the Blues are not playing well at home. You don't want to come out and – you know, like you said, have some fire, maybe at least show some effort, and then literally not even a minute in, you're down, and you could tell them their play after that. It was oh, like yeah. you could tell it was like, uh oh, and they were scrambling. And um, like we talked about last episode with the man to man kind of thing, it's just not working. And this game oh, proved it again. It, it just wasn't working. They were like the shots weren't as bad as the Chicago game or the Anaheim game, but there's a lot of like high volume chances and are you know high percentage chances and not great in the first period no they they just weren't and you you hit the nail on the head it's something that i've complained about with this team for years is uh when this team gets into a funk um you could see it in their demeanor and in their play immediately they get defeated they drop behind and they just go into a shell and it's very frustrating because in the big scope of things, all right. So you gave up a goal in the first minute. You've still got 59 minutes and change to score a goal. That should be very easy to do with the talent you have on this lineup. Yeah. And uh, I think the other thing too, was the shots in the first period, the blues had three, how many three, right. And Montreal had 10. Uh, the second period was a little bit better here where uh, um didn't start out great. I, I don't know if you remember this part where I made a note here. Uh, Blues had a power play, and Montreal cleared the puck, and it hit a partition on in the glass, and Allen was already coming out, and he hit a dive back in the goal to make the save. Oh, yeah. And that was one of those where I was like, man, that could have been real bad. And, you know, that went in. That was pretty much like I knew this game was over just because of the – I mean, it like – I wouldn't like it's just it was a weird play, but it's one of those things where it's just one of those plays where of course it happens. If if that had gone in, and I hate to say it because like you said, it's a fluke play. Had that gone in, I think that would have spelled the end for Jake Allen. For at least this game, and then who knows from there, because it's just like everybody just I think certainly for this game, and as bad as this team has played, and as is much of a mob mentality is there is right now with people calling for his head. 
I, I don't know if Jake Allen survives that if he if that goes in. And you can say it's a fluke goal all you want, and it is, but you better believe that that would be getting shown all over the place again and again and again. And that's the type of dumb crap, man, that, that when a team is on the ropes the way that this team is, stuff like that that costs people jobs. Yep. And uh, luckily the Blues, you know, this this kind of second period, like the Blues didn't get too many power plays, but luckily they the one they got, uh, it was a shot from the point here. And, uh, excuse me, Vince Dunn. Gets his second of the season with Tarasenko from Tarasenko and O'Reilly at the 321 mark. Um, just good job in front by um, Pat Maroon and Ryan. Ryan O'Reilly was in the high slot and had an extra screen basically, and he jumped right at the perfect time for this puck to get through. And Carey Price did not see this puck at all. Nope. So, uh, really good play by him. It's done. Uh, back in the lineup after getting sat last week. Hallelujah. Um, and as I point, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, I want to say it was Jeff Jones, or maybe it's very odd that from a guy who's getting sat, less than two games later, he's working with the number one power play unit and on the first pairing with Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, I don't understand that benching, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy by any means, but I kind of wonder if something happened behind the scenes, and he was quietly being disciplined for something? I don't know. Because I can't think of any rational reason why you sit Vince Dunn for two games as a healthy scratch when this team is struggling the way it is on offense. Not necessarily on offense, but on defense, when he has not only been solid on defense, but contributing on offense. Yeah, I think that contributing on the offense, like it, if you look at the fancy stats, technically he was the fourth best defenseman so far. Um, that's according to what I had, you know, what I was re- doing my research. But uh, like I said, offense, he was moving the puck out. He does have a couple of goals so far. Like he will point out, Petrangelo has not been great. As we can point out later in this game, uh, Colton Pareko is not great. And Jay Bowmeister continues to slide and not look great. With two penalties this game. Um, continues to just not be – and also during this game got moved to to the first pairing and Vince Dunn got taken off the first pairing, which, once again, don't understand it. So back into the game, Mike Riley gets his first of the year from uh, Charlie Hudden and Jonathan Drouin at the 742 mark. Power oh, play goal. Drouin. Go up yeah. yourself, Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jonathan Drouin, Taylor Hall, you know, whoever we – once we hear those two, we always kind of – Cursed Kevin Shattenkirk's name. So uh, kind of a broken play, but Mike Riley walks in and takes a shot from the high slot and it beats uh, Jake Allen. He was screened in front. So it was, it was a tough, I mean, tough. It was a tough play. Yeah. I, there's, there's, you can't blame this on Jake Allen. It was just a good play by the Canadians and solid goal. Yeah. So I think, uh, like, I thought overall Jake Allen was not outside the first goal was okay this game. I agree. Made some other good saves. He rebound. He did rebound after this goal, the the first goal, which was encouraging to me. Yes. So I'll say that much. Let's try to let's try to look up the positive of everything. I agree. But the Blues didn't start playing this game until the third period. 
Uh, they were on the shorthanded quite a bit at the end of the second period. Uh, they had three penalties in the second period, which didn't help things. Uh, Jay Bomeister had an, another. He had two this game, so that didn't really help. Uh, but it got made up in the third where Montreal was penalized at the three-minute mark, the 12-minute mark, and the 15-minute mark. So yeah, it seemed like Montreal was just rolling from one penalty to another. Yeah, especially near the end of the game. So uh, finally, off a really good pass from Alexander Steen, uh, Braden Chen gets his third of the year from Steen and Perron. That's Perron's first assist this year. He's had four goals so far, and that was yeah. his first assist. So at the 16:31 mark, like I said, another power play. Like the Blues are living on the power play this year compared to past seasons where it hasn't been great at all. Hey, man, it's it's one of those things that needed to be addressed, and it wasn't. It worked. I mean, remember, we were, what, was it two or three years ago where the, the team started off on a ridiculous clip on the power play? Yeah, and then it just went nowhere it, after it that. Yeah. Right down to the tubes. Yeah. But um, it seems like the Blues always are feast or famine when it comes to the power play. And as of right now, it's what's keeping them in games. It's not winning them any games, but it's keeping them in games. And also, it's great to see Braden Shen start to heat up because uh, the first week of the season, he was fairly inconsequential. And, you know, going back to the Chicago game and then the Anaheim game in this one, it's nice to see him start to get his uh, his game back and start to contribute on the score sheet. Yeah, so um, right here, the Blues. And the Blues really played well this period until the unfortunate thing that happened in the last uh, seconds here. I know. So um, you think the game's over here. The puck's clear into the Blues' end. Uh, Colt Perry goes back to get it. He's on the ice with Joel Edmondson. And he instead of he's on the right-hand boards, the right side of the goalie, instead of going maybe behind the net or even just trapping it and just running out the clock. Say again? Or taking a walk with it. Yeah, or any, you know, the guy was charging in who was uh, Thomas uh, Tatar. Uh, he decides to go across to, to uh, Edmondson, who is kind of in the slot area, which is maybe not the best move, but he fans on the puck. And the puck just kind of pokes out, and Tatar taps it over to Brendan Gallagher, who taps it just past Jake, a sliding Jake Allen, and with 11 seconds left in the game. Brendan Gallagher gets his fourth of the year for Thomas Tatar. The Blues lose a, I, I call it, as we've said, uh, me and you have said with uh, certain football teams, unfortunately, like uh, yours, unfortunately, uh, a soul murder. Oh, uh, this was soul murder. This was for sure a soul murder game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Blues, like I said, came back and played really well. It was only the sixth shot of the period for Montreal there. I I had to check out of the Blues for a good 24 hours after this game. Uh, Twitter was tough to look at afterwards. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I I hit you up, and I was like, dude, I think I might be done. Because, look, we've been very, very fortunate. While it hasn't equated to a Stanley Cup or a ton of postseason success, this team has, by and large, been very successful the last handful of years. And I get that we're never – going to stay top of the mountain but for a team to be this expensive and have this much talent on it to be losing games the way they're losing games is has just been 
frankly, really, really difficult to watch game in, game out. And this was one of those where, especially coming off of the Anaheim game, which you damn, which you pretty much lost the exact same way, with a bad turnover in your own end, coughing up a goal, and then you instead of having one point, maybe two, you get zero points. To have that happen back to back games, and to have it this way, where it was with less than ten seconds left, you just lost a game to Chicago with nine seconds left in overtime. You just lost a game to Anaheim where you coughed it up in the, your own zone again. It was not a good three-game span to be a Blues fan. Yeah, it was a tough one. To, yeah, like you said, you wanted to check out on, but, it's, man, it, it's tough at the end of the day. Where, And it was three different uh, players, too, on top of that. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was someone else. And it's, you know, it's the type of stuff that you expect rookies – or people who, who aren't familiar with the NFL game to make these type of mistakes. But when it's happening with your captain, when it's happening with someone like Pareko, you know, when it's, when it's happening with some of these guys who, who've been around the block a few times, it's just soul murder. It really is. There's no other way to put it. And it, you know, I, you and I both were just like, I, dude, I'm, I'm, I might be done. I'm, I, I'm seven games into the season. I think I told you, like, I don't know if I can do this for another seventy plus games. Yeah, it's a, it was a little tough. So there's a couple of quotes at the end of the game I wanted to uh, kind of rattle off and see what you think. Uh, and another telling thing, which people pointed out, which the people who haven't really talked after games, like we're quoting the quote unquote. Uh, leadership core like Petrangelo hasn't really talked into about you know at the at the ever end of every game the media department puts up three numbers on the boards and that's the three guys who kind of to go to and talk about um and Alex Petrangelo really hasn't been that guy which I don't read into it too much maybe other people a lot of other people did uh Braden Shen is one of those guys who stepped up this game and his quote was at the end of the day it's about winning hockey games it's not about scoring on the power play and we've got to get back to little details of our game and just be better in all three zones, taking care of the puck, little things like that, win you hockey games, and we're just not doing that right now. Which is true. The Blues didn't look good in all three zones. And really, in many of the third period, you might be able to say they kind of looked better. But it shouldn't take 40-plus minutes to get into a hockey game every game. I agree. I agree. And here's the thing. is, And I, I love that quote from Braden Shen. And um, – you know, he said similar things last year when the team was going through a bad spell. And what bothers me is Braden Shen's been with this team for a year. This is year two for him. Yeah. And it seems either through the fact that he uh, is, uh, you know, he either chooses not to speak or whatever, that, that Braden Shen has more passion for this team than Petrangelo does. Um. You know, there isn't a lot on ice that I think wearing a C on your sweater really means in the grand scheme of things. It, it doesn't mean anything on the ice. Mm-hmm. But off the ice, it does. And one of the things that it means is you need to be the guy who talks. You need to be the guy who stands up and not only accepts the accolades, but shoulders the blame. And Petra wasn't that dude. He's not. And when he does talk, it, it comes off very hollow. Uh, it's it's one of my biggest complaints with him. Um, 
and there's a lot of them right now because I don't think he's playing exceptionally well. But um, I love that Braden Shen said that, and that's the truth. I wish we saw, I wish we heard more of that from this team, and I wish we would see more of that from this team. Because uh, at the end of the day, man, talk is cheap, and Braden's right. Like it's about winning games. It just is. It's about points on the board. Yeah. So it's uh, so this game happens like we called said uh, soul murder, soul crushing uh, defeat, and then you get to go play the highest scoring team in NHL who just Ooh. got who just got shut out, and you know, and then it was just all the recipe for bad things. Oh, you know, the, like you know, like like you're having a bet, you're in a bad stretch. The highest scoring team who just got shut out, who probably on their home ice, who would be out flying on a Saturday night game that's on hockey night in Canada. Yep. Which you know the Canadian players a huge deal to be on that. Um, we did. I didn't mention this on the last game, but this is the first game. Robert Thomas was sacked this game, and Zach Sanford was inserted into the fourth line center role. Right, and I think he did fine, uh, fine. for minutes he had. Uh, so he's back after uh, you know he got sent down due to unfortunately his camp. He uh, his father passed away, so he didn't get a long camp. So he was sent down to San Antonio, got called back up, and inserted into the fourth line role. Did pretty well. Uh, you know, obviously nothing to write home about. So the Blues are going to do whatever they can now to throw whatever – is throw stuff on the wall and see if it sticks time now for Mike Yo. I think. You know, you mentioned to me on Friday that Toronto was a must-win game. And I remember replying back to you like, yeah, nothing like having a must-win game on the road against the highest scoring team in the league. And it's a, and that was only, that was not only what I said, that was a quote from Joel Edmondson. Yeah. Which is to me a little interesting that, you know, that he's basically saying, okay, well we need to have a must win game, game seven. Yeah. <laughs> into an 82. Well, not wrong though. Well, true. But it's it just very like, wow, did not see this. I didn't expect the blues to come out and be, man, if they came out, we're like six, one and one or whatever so far. Great. Did I expect it? I expected a little gelling to happen. You might not see like maybe a high scoring team yet, but like, man, they haven't played a really good game so far. Even that game against Calgary wasn't great. Well, it wasn't a solid 60. Yeah. That last period was awful. And we mentioned this. I know we've mentioned it on Twitter. I believe we talked about it in the last podcast. The thing that is, is most troublesome is it's not your offense. Who's letting you down this season. It's your defense. And that's the one part of the blues team that it wasn't supposed to need any fixing this year. The Blues defense was fine. We knew the, the the difficulties we have in goal. We knew the problems we had on offense. And we went out and we spent a lot of money on offense. And so far, knock on wood, it seems to be paying off. But your defense can't stop a shot and can't stop anything. Yeah, it's been uh, tough. And there's been a lot of you know, articles written, stuff said on Twitter and all the other things about what's going on. Um, is it a system deal? Is it the players? Is it the coaching? I don't know. I think it's a good mix of everything right now. The The players are in the middle of mixing, getting their, you know, chemistry together. I, I don't think, I think the man-to-man system, that if you watch, it's I, I, I looked at the DVR of like one of the first games, the Winnipeg game, because I was at that game. You watch them; they are like running around with their heads cut off half the time, trying to chase down players. In the Chicago games, they were just running around after players, and it's, does it does look does not look coordinated at all. Um, 
I'm not a real fan of that. And it's going to wear you out. Like we've said, they didn't look good in any of the third periods so far. They look uh, tired every yeah. third period. So I think some fundamental changes were needed. And I think at least adjustments were made for this Toronto game. Uh, and um, they look better. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, the first period, not much going on in this Toronto game. Well, uh, let's talk about well, let's, let's talk about the biggest get, adjustment that was made going into this game. Yeah, let me go into this game. So the lines were shuffled first. Let me get into the lines were shuffled first. Uh, Jordan Cairo has moved down to the fourth line. Uh, Ivan Barbashev shifted to the center position with uh, Sammy Boy on the left-hand side. Uh, Tarasenko is back with Shen and uh, Schwartz. Yep. And the second line consisted of Ryan O'Reilly uh, with David Perron on the right-hand side and Zach Sanford on the left. So Zach Sanford gets moved from the fourth line to the second line, which I was like, okay, I guess we'll see. And I don't know what I'm talking about because, uh, well, as you see into the game, the third line stays the same of the veteran line, kind of like checking line of Bozak, uh, Steen and Maroon. Uh, you know, this is the first time Bozak has been back to Toronto. He's always played at the Maple Leafs, so he's in a, a different uniform for the first time playing in Toronto. So that was kind of made. They gave him a nice little video. That was uh, cool to see. So defense-wise, Pareko gets slid to the third pairing along with Schmaltz. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, because the, and then the, let's see, Dung gets moved to with uh, Petrangelo. Edmondson and Bortuzzo are put together. So I'm not mentioning one other player. Uh, ooh, Blues, ooh. Fans are, Blues fans are very happy. Uh, I don't know who that name is. I was, okay, correct. I was extremely shocked this happened due to, like, Mike Yo, Blues always stick with their veterans type thing. And he's been the guy who's, mind you, the defense had in whole hasn't been great, but he's not been great. And he was sat, a healthy scratch. and. He said during the media scrum, this is the first time in his career he's been a healthy scratch. Well, yeah. look, I, I like Jay Bobeister. It's been no secret. You and I have been supporters of his. Um, but we're also not blind, too. Yeah, man. It's um, it's not been a good start of the year for Jay Bobeister. And I, I, I really think that, um, after that after he lost the Ironman streak, um, I think all of these miles are catching up to Jay Bobeister. He just looks slow, and um, he's constantly getting turned around. And it, it sucks, man, because he, you know that he's still good. You know he is. But, man, he's not a top-line guy anymore. He's not. I really thought you would see him move down in the in the lineup. I didn't think that you would see him taken out. Um, but and we'll get into it. The way this team played in this game, I think Jay Bowmeister better uh, get himself a real comfortable pair of, of dress slacks and shoes because I don't see him getting back into the game if they continue to play this well. Yeah, he, uh, you know, is sad. And I got, you know, I went back and forth with a couple people on Twitter saying, like, I think he could be ineffective with the proper amount of minutes and the situations used still. I truly do think he still can be. I do too. Uh, but the way the team played, you got to go with the way the team's playing. And, you know, 
right the guys that are out there. You know, if they're playing great, then if somebody gets hurt, he gets inserted or something happens or whatever, or, you know. But for right now, like you said, I think he's going to have to get a real comfy uh, seat uh, up in the press box for a while. Uh-huh. So, like I said, I was getting the first period in a pretty – Kind of not boring, but very defensive first period. The Blues were all over Toronto. For and Toronto's a very fast team, you know. As you know, Jonathan Tavares and uh, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, the list goes on and on of really good players that they have a forward, and they held them to four shots That's in the first fantastic. period. You know, we only had six, but still held on the four shots is telling. Uh, the second period, uh, the Blues got some offensive pressure finally. And Robert Bortuzzo gets his first of the year from David Perron at the 445 mark. Um, Blues had some pressure, and he basically gets a shot from the uh, high slot area. And it hit a stick on the way in, which I thought was either Ryan O'Reilly's or I thought it was Braden Shen. But Braden Shen missed it, and it actually hit the Toronto player's stick and deflected past Frederick Anderson. And uh, Robert Bortuzzo gets these first of the year, like I said. so He's very excited about that goal. I know. That sounds like it. So... Blues continue to play well here, and as we alluded to before, Zach Sanford gets his first of the year off a nice play by David Perron. Uh, his first of the year from Perron and Petrangelo, 13.05 mark. Uh, a really awesome short side wrist shot that beats Frederick Anderson, high glove side. Uh, so I was, I thought it was really awesome for him. He, uh, you know, didn't, you know, was very composed and everything because this is the first goal that he's had. Uh, obviously, we talked about since his dad, his father passed away. Um, I believe it was uh, Perron who went over and grabbed the puck. Either Perron or I believe uh, O'Reilly grabbed the puck for him, and he got the puck after the game of that goal. You know, so real, real emotional time, and I thought that was a real classy move by I think it was Perron or O'Reilly. I don't remember who grabbed it. So, uh, but speaking of Ron O'Reilly, he gets his first of the year from Tarasenko Maroon to sixteen thirty-seven mark. Uh, Tarasenko uh, with a, it's a puck behind the net. It's a pass to wide open Ryan O'Reilly who's in front of the net who bangs it past a sliding Frederick Anderson. And the Blues are rolling 3-0. It looked really good this period uh, for numerous reasons. The team is just stopping them from entering the zone. It looks like the man-to-man thing is over with from what I could tell. Oh, God. Uh, it, I mean, it just another four shots against this period. So only eight shots total. The Blues have only had 13, oh, mind you. Toronto. Toronto, eight shots, two periods. Yeah, and mind you, we only had 13, but we had some really good chances of those 13. Uh, third period is a little bit looser here, uh, unfortunately. A couple of uh, power plays for each team, uh, especially late. Uh, Jaden Schwartz had a hooking, a very weak hooking call, in my opinion. Uh, so the, I kind of opened up in this third period, which was, uh, you know, I didn't like to see, but Jake Allen made a couple hell of a saves here. Uh, one on, uh, I marked down a, on a, Patrick Marlowe, where a defenseman took a shot, like a shot pass, and uh, Marlowe was set up in front and deflected it. And Jake Allen made a really nice sliding right pad save. And he made it, you know, overall, he made the saves that you need to keep a team in the game. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the goals here, but I just want to point out that I think that's the Jake Allen that I'd like to see. Yes, please. Is, is he going to have games where he's not great? Every goal he does. But I just want them to be few and far between. Unfortunately, it seems like we have them every third game. Let's make it every, like, you know, 10th game. 
And yep. then I think a lot of, I think even if you have something like that, I think the, you know, the, the rioters will calm down. Like you saw a lot of, a uh, not too many people going off on Jake Allen in the, uh, in the post game of this one. So it's, uh, it was solid team effort this whole game. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the blues, everybody played well as they, like it was a team game. The, they did. Toronto does have a goal here by Morgan Riley, his fourth of the year for Martiner and Gard, uh, Gardner, the 422 mark to make it three to one. And you're you know a little worried where they had some pressure here. And like I talked about, the Marlowe chance was after the goal, so that I think that kind of spurned the Blues to kind of play really well. The Blues do technically get a shorthanded goal; it's an empty net goal. Uh, Ivan Barbashev, who is turning into a really really good fourth line like player. You know, maybe it sounds bad saying that, but He's a guy who has been inserted into the uh, power, the penalty kill unit mm-hmm. to kind of take over for the maybe Vladimir Saboka, Patrick Berglund role, and he did really okay. well. Uh, he did on the Jaden Schwartz penalty where Schwartz is usually out there. He came in and stole the puck a couple of times. It had trouble like getting it out, but at least like he held it along the boards where it was killing time. Uh, and so did and probably my new favorite player is Ryan O'Reilly. Like watching him during this sequence where he was so tired but he was constantly fighting for the puck getting the puck out making it hard for the guys on the point who were they had a six on four at this time and they never really got a really good shot during this time period this penalty uh that Jaden schwartz had at the 1635 mark uh ivan barbershev's there to clear it out and get his first of the year a shorthanded empty net goal from o'reilly at the 1817 mark and the blues wrap up a four to one win uh quote unquote must win game and they pull it out, and I, I would say almost convincing fashion. I, uh, you know, let's also not forget that uh, Tarasenko put one off the post in this game too. It could have been five to one very easily. Uh, um, yeah, thank you. You know what we what you talked about, and what's very true is that this was the first time all season that I feel like this team has put sixty minutes of hockey together, and. Um, it just goes to show you how good and how dominant this team can be. Did we catch Toronto in the beginning of a slump of their own? It appears to be after being shut out the game before then this game, we didn't get the best Toronto has to offer, but Hey man, that's, that's not in our control. What's in our control is how is how the St. Louis blues play. And I think as we noted coming off of three, just crushing defeats, um, this was a must win and the blues stepped up and won this game. Yeah. With the blues, like it, you think about any of those games too, where if the just one puck luck went the other way, yeah. instead of getting only one point out of those three games, we easily could have possibly had five, four to six points. Easy four, easy four. You figure you pick up the other point in Chicago, uh, and, uh, a point out of Anaheim and a point out of Montreal. At least, and then who knows if something happened where you got a point, an extra point of those. Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right, a hundred percent right. Yeah, so like I said, hopefully the like right now the puck luck maybe not on the Blues side. Hopefully it's starting to turn with this Toronto win. So the road trip is going to wrap up here and not get any easier. Unfortunately, on uh, Monday they play uh, Winnipeg at Winnipeg, which is one of the probably I would say one of the hardest buildings to win in right now. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, they come home for two games this week. Chris will be going to one of those games. 
at least, if I'm correct. I'll be there Saturday night. Against the Chicago Blackhawks. But they, before that, they do play the Columbus Blue Jackets. So Chicago is uh, doing really well so far this year. As of this time, they're 4-1-2. and two. Uh, Winnipeg is doing very well. Uh, they start off kind of slow, but they're a 5-2-1. and one. So it's going to be uh, tough for the Blues to get in there. The Blues, we're near the last in the league, but there's a lot of teams that are expected to do well or struggling so far. The Blues are 2-3-2 two, and two at this moment. A team that a lot of people expect to do really well in the Pacific. We kind of didn't think so. Los Angeles is struggling. Uh, the worst worst goal differential in the West so far, they're 2-5-1. and one. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, I think we all kind of knew that it was going to be jackpot or bust for the Kings. Uh, for example, Vegas, is they've come on and won a couple so far. They won three in a row. They're 1-4 one, one for a while. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of teams are finding their way. San Jose expected to be a gangbusters. They're four, three, and one. Anaheim. There's a lot of surprising teams so far, like Vancouver and Anaheim are uh, tops of the Pacific so far. Colorado, I did not expect to be that good. They're five, one, and two. Uh, you know, Nashville is still dominating so far. We expect them to do well at seven and one. Uh, but yeah, but didn't I read yesterday that? Uh, Pekka Rennie is out for an extended period of time now? Yeah, concussion symptoms, and the uh, Yuri Saros had to step in. So uh, we'll see. He's expected to be their goal of the future. So let's see if he can come in and uh, do well. So uh, interesting. So who knows what that will be. Winnipeg might be on the – they had a really, They seem to be do really well or not great. It seems like they got shut out against Nashville, and then they got uh, had a really good win the other night. But then they had a really bad game with only one goals against, and they had five goals against. So uh, I think it was Buffalo they played, I want to say. But, they, you know, a lot of teams are finding their way so far. The point is be in position to make the playoffs around March and get in. And then hopefully you're on the upswing around March. That's all that matters at this point. Agreed. So, excuse me. So we talked about the games this week, so – uh, let's talk about what we come up on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. So a couple of weeks to uh, months, hopefully. So next week we got an interesting podcast that we're going to do. So Chris is going to the game Saturday, like we're talking about. So yep. then we record next week. We have a friend. Uh, Chris has a friend who is coming over from coming over from England, England, uh, where in England exactly uh, from Yorkshire up in Northern England. So he's going to be his first ever hockey game, correct? He's literally getting off the plane, and we're jumping in my car and going down to Enterprise Center for Blues Blackhawks. So that's going to be interesting to uh, uh, for him to see. So he's going to come on the, uh, next week and talk about his experience at the hockey game, being the first ever kind of hockey game he's done to. Maybe we're going to talk about the comparison, I'm assuming, and then, of course, his generalities, that he's uh, probably a big soccer fan. He is a huge uh, MLS fan. Uh, I'm sorry, not MLS fan, but Premier League fan. Uh, but he's a sports guy. Like you know, he he pays attention to the NFL. He does pay attention to the hockey scores because we'll talk about the Blues. Uh, and he's tried to watch games, but he's very excited to go because the one thing he says, and I think most people just starting getting into hockey say this, is that it's hard to follow the puck when you're watching TV. So uh, he's excited to go, and uh, yeah, it'll be very interesting to get a. Uh, a Brit's uh, point of view on how going to a uh, an NHL game, specifically a big rivalry game like Blues Blackhawks, which is widely considered one of the best rivalries in, in the NHL, 
compares to going to a uh, uh, an English football match, as we'll call it, mm-hmm. because those guys get rowdy in their yeah. So it'll be fun. Yeah. So I'm interested to see uh, what he thinks of uh, not only watching uh, Game of Hockey, but also the Blues. If you have questions, submit them. Yeah, go ahead and submit them if you want him to answer any questions about what he thinks. We're going to try to run the gamut of all the what he thinks of not only the Blues, but uh, in-game experience, actual game experience, uh, stuff like that. And speaking of your in-game experience, uh, in the coming weeks, you're also uh, in the process of nailing down an interview with Miss uh, Carly Lawrence, who is the yeah, new awesome. in, in, in-game host uh, for the St. Louis Blues. So uh, she's a comedian, um, uh, the, I guess, an in-game host, and she is a former, I think, former NBA dancer slash host. I think I saw with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, so that's be interesting. Awesome. I'll talk to her about that and talk about a n- numerous amount of topics. So that will be in the coming weeks as well. So uh, some different stuff coming your way for the podcast and to uh, the end of this year. So we're going to we try, try to change it up and have at least a you know guest or something like that every once in a while just to get – Change it up so you're not listening to the same thing over and over again. That's what we like to do here. So if you need to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. So also we are on Facebook. It's Blues Hockey Podcast and Instagram, Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, also, if you want to listen to us, the main place to find us is iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And of course, our website, blueshockeypodcast.com. Um, and also .NET if you need to. So, and last but not least, we're going to keep saying it until it comes up. WWE night is November third. Buy uh, your shirt. Get your shirt over at glassbangers.com and just search Blues Hockey Podcast or even Blues, and you can see everything they got there. So uh, they're going to be running some. To the Blues, our WWE shirts are better. Correct. Um, yeah, we're gonna. Me and Chris will be at the game. We want to meet as many people as possible. So get your shirt beforehand. Uh, I talked to the guys at Glassbangers. As long as you order pretty much by that Monday beforehand, which is the seventh, no, twenty eighth, twenty eighth. Yeah, you order on the twenty eighth. Uh, they can get it to you by that like Thursday or Friday. So that'll be the cutoff point is that Monday. So we're going to do, I'll make sure I'll put it, uh, put it out there on all our socials to make sure you get it by then. Yep. And they're, they're going to keep running specials right now. They got some, um, Halloween themed hockey shirts out there, some horror shirts. They're called horror hockey shirts, horror, not horror hockey shirts. Right. Well, either way, I mean, completely, di- completely different there. So, uh, I would interested to see what horror, anyway, no last thing. So that's about it. So, uh, it, that's everything. Anything we got to add Chris? No, I think we've covered it. And we're good. So looking forward to this week in Blues Hockey. Chris is going to be at the game. Hopefully you bring home a winner. So, so far we have not the little games that we've been into. So, I so am hopefully, yeah, I am uh, 0-1 as well. So let's hopefully they can uh, bring home a winner. And we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. See ya.